daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. Federal law, long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day, they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. The uh, attorney general is walking away from the podium. He is not taking questions from a very frustrated and disappointed press. Um, the one item, I'm perhaps most substantive item in what he had to say, was that uh, he uh, declared for the first time that uh, uh, in contrast to what many, many people have reported or rumored or accused, he did personally approve the search of President Trump's home on Monday night. Uh, there is more and more information coming out about it. There is a report in Newsweek, which is uh, 
been questioned, at least to some extent. They have a, an unidentified source. Part of what they revealed in Newsweek is that the search and uh, apparently the entire investigation, which is uh, it is now being reported by n- many sources, a grand jury investigation. In other words, it is being reported that uh, that the search was in part to gather information for a grand jury and a grand jury not about the uh, January 6th riots, but a grand jury about the violation, apparent violation. It's not even potential. It's the apparent violation of the Presidential Records Act. And, uh, and meanwhile, is the country really on the verge of civil war? There are more and more serious observers who say so. We're going to be speaking to Barbara Walter, who is a author of a, a book on how civil wars start. Do we have that uh, situation here in the United States? There's a scenario by Dominic uh, Stanford, um, a British writer, who uh, basically tries to analogize this to the beginning of the first American Civil War, or at least an episode that helped to precipitate it. It's uh, Dominic Sandbrook, and uh, that is fascinating and provocative. We're also going to be speaking to John Yu, law professor uh, at the University of California, Berkeley, former member of the Bush administration. He has been a strong defender of President Trump in many, many instances. He is uh, uh, basically talking about four possibilities here that must be taken into account when people look at this, uh, this controversy, huge controversy, about the search of President Trump's home. Uh, how huge is that controversy? Well, there's already, if you will, the first shots of the Civil War, shots taken from uh, an AR-15, uh, a, uh, an individual who is armed with an AR-15 and a nail gun. Well, here's the story as it's come down, and apparently it's still pending. Authorities say the man who tried to break into an FBI field office in Cincinnati uh, was driven away. He wasn't able to break into the field office, fortunately. He was armed. He is wearing body armor and was pursued and may still be pursued by people in Cincinnati. Here is what the uh, police update uh, most recently had to say. This is clip 10. A gunfire was exchanged between officers on scene and the suspect. Uh, At this time, no officers have been injured as a result of this. Uh, The scene is still active and there is still an active standoff situation occurring uh, at this time. So uh, we will be back with uh, further details uh, in a little while just to uh, keep you all updated as to what's transpiring here. Okay, the New York Times reporting law enforcement officers are engaged in an active standoff situation with a suspect who authorities say attempted to breach the FBI's field office in Cincinnati on Thursday. A lockdown uh, remains in effect for a one-mile radius around the intersection of Smith Road and Center Road. Uh, An armed male tried to enter the FBI office this morning around 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Nathan Dennis, a spokesman for the Ohio State Highway Patrol, said in a news conference the suspect was unsuccessful and fled the area. 
An Ohio State trooper spotted the suspect's vehicle at a northbound rest stop along the interstate about 20 minutes from after the attempted breach, and he tried to initiate a traffic stop uh, before the suspect fled. That's the Ohio State trooper tried to initiate the traffic stop. The suspect vehicle did fire shots during that pursuit, uh, Dennis said. The suspect then exited onto State Route 73 and traveled east to Smith Road, where he headed north before eventually coming to a stop. Gunfire was exchanged between officers on scene and the suspect, adding the situation remains contained to a specific area, and there is no risk to the public outside of that area. Uh, No officers had been injured. Uh, The officials declined to answer questions about whether the suspect had been positively identified or injured in the standoff with the authorities. The FBI confirmed the incident in a statement saying it had an armed subject attempt to breach the uh, facility's visitor screening facility. Okay, we will bring you the very latest on that uh, and the very latest on Trump's uh, Fifth Fifth Amendment pleas yesterday, uh, 440 of them, and much, much more on a busy day on the Medved Show. Michael Medved show uh, just minutes ago, this bulletin from Ohio, uh, Dateline Wilmington, Ohio, uh, when Rob Thompson left to run errands shortly after 10 a.m., he was greeted at the end of his driveway by a speeding white Crown Victoria being pursued by several police officers. I thought since we are by the interstate that they were just chasing a speeder, said Mr. Thompson who said his family has owned and farmed 4,000 acres near Wilmington, Ohio, for three generations. The, um, uh, apparently the gunman is now in, in that farmland. He is hiding in farmland after a chase with the police. The police described the gunman as contained, but not yet apprehended. And again, he tried to enter an FBI office. Um, He has not been identified. We will keep you posted on that. Look, do you think it's possible that uh, his decision to try to come into an FBI office in body armor with a nail gun and an AR-15 and uh, then to exchange shots with officers, do you think that any of that targeting maybe had something to do with the national hysteria, and I think it is hysteria and can be defined that way, about the uh, search at President Trump's home, the warranted search, the following legal procedures search. That doesn't mean it was a good idea. I think that uh, virtually everyone who is saying that uh, it's an idea that backfired is correct. It it. it, it it should have at all costs been avoided, particularly given the heat of this political season and the fact that we're in the midst of it. Uh, was it impossible for some reason to uh, actually avoid it, to do take another strategy, as many attorneys have suggested? Why not try to go with a subpoena? In his brief comments today, 
the attorney general uh, seemed to suggest that they did have reasons, but that they are not disclosing them right now because it is a complicated legal process. They are petitioning the court now for the unsealing of the search warrant, so perhaps that might answer some questions. There's a Newsweek piece uh, by William Arkin, and uh, the piece bears the headline, An Informer Told the FBI What Docs Trump Was Hiding and Where. The uh, raid on Mar-a-Lago was based largely on information from an FBI confidential human source, one who was able to identify what classified documents former President Trump was still hiding, and even the location of those documents, two senior government officials told Newsweek. Now, if that is true, that's a whole different questionable decision. In other words, if they had placed, identified, relied on a spy inside the Trump operation, particularly when, when President Trump is a likely candidate for president, is that, is that appropriate for the FBI? Uh, I mean, again, it all depends on the level of crime they're looking at. If you're looking at someone who is planning a riot or a murder or something like that, well, of course, you, you have to do what you can to save life. But when the suspected crime is unauthorized possession of documents, even highly secret documents, the idea that you would be working with a confidential informant to the FBI in the midst of uh, one of the most prominent political operations in the United States right now, it's very dubious. The uh, officials who spoke to Newsweek, apparently, have direct knowledge of the FBI's deliberations and were granted anonymity in order to discuss sensitive matters. They said the raid of Donald Trump's uh, Florida residence was deliberately timed to occur when the former president was away. What they said, apparently, is that the FBI assumed that with Trump away in New York, uh, the chances of making a big international scene, which they did not want, about uh, the uh, search of Trump's residence and his private club, that... Uh, that all of that would be less of a uh, cause celeb if Trump weren't there. Well, it didn't work. The um, FBI decision makers in Washington and Miami thought that denying the former president a photo opportunity or a platform from which to grandstand or to attempt to thwart the, uh, the search, in other words, to resist, and, and which probably would have led to his arrest, uh, that... Could that have happened if Trump had been there in person? Unlikely, but certainly conceivable. They thought that uh, with Trump not there, that would lower the profile of the event, says one of the sources, a senior Justice Department official who's a 30-year veteran of the FBI. And, and that, by the way, I think is one of the most important reasons that uh, Attorney General Garland spoke today he was defending the FBI from all of the nonsense that has been spewed out about the Bureau. 
a Newt Gingrich, who I greatly admire and I've known for years, and we've had friendly relations with Newt for years and years and years, Newt Gingrich suggested the FBI might have planted evidence on something on something of this nature. And uh, again, attacking uh, Christopher Wray, who has been speaking for himself, who was appointed by President Trump, and who really has a remarkable record of public service, including in law enforcement. And, and people in the FBI, can we remember put their lives at risk very regularly. Newsweek reports the effort to keep the raid low-key failed. Instead, it prompted a furious response from GOP leaders and Trump supporters. What a spectacular backfire, says the unnamed uh, Justice Department official. This is uh, a description, they say, of what happened based upon, in part, that inside source. On Monday at about 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, two dozen FBI agents and technicians showed up at Donald Trump's Florida home to execute a search warrant to obtain any government-owned documents that might still be in the possession of Trump but are required to be delivered to the National Archives under the provisions of the 1978 Presidential Records Act. In um, response to the Hillary Clinton email scandal, Trump himself had signed another 2018 law that made it a felony to remove and retain classified documents. So by his own law, this would be a felony? Is that why they had to move so quickly? We will get to that and more with the uh, very latest as it develops on the gunman in Cincinnati, his motives, identity, as that becomes known. All coming up on The Medved Show. Michael Medved show, one of the revelations, and I think it is something of a revelation, in the Newsweek article uh, based upon conversation with two unnamed government officials, uh, it it does suggest that uh, there was an inside source who had given the agents who came to Mar-a-Lago had given them information on not only what it was that uh, Trump still held, but where those documents were kept, so that when the FBI crew arrived at Mar-a-Lago early in the morning on Monday, it is 9 o'clock, it's not that early, but when they came in at 9 o'clock, they knew exactly where to go to grab the papers that were most important to the FBI. The... um, the this act this is we're talking now about the uh the uh, presidential records act and concerns about the illegal possession of classified national defense information are the basis for the search warrant according to our sources writes newsweek 
The raid had nothing to do with the January 6th investigation or any other alleged wrongdoing by the former president. That goes against the um, assumption by Andrew McCarthy on this show where he talked about his belief that the real target of this investigation could not have been something as relatively trivial as violation of the Presidential Records Act. Now, it's relatively trivial. It's not absolutely trivial. You can go to jail for three years. Can you imagine if they they actually indicted Trump and they were looking to for a jail term of three years because he had refused to give back or neglected to give back? And again, there are various sources that are talking about the entire thing may stem from something that was very obvious to anybody who followed the Trump White House. It was sloppy. Uh, this was um, and one of the reasons it was sloppy was because they had so many chiefs of staff. They didn't have anybody to, I mean, between Reince Priebus, remember him, and General Kelly, who uh, had a major falling out with the president, and uh, Mick McIlvaney, uh, who was um, uh, the acting chief of staff. And uh, it was one after another. It was a revolving door. And the uh, the idea that uh, these sources say that it, it may be that it was just sloppiness on the part of Trump's aides and his staff work that uh, created this uh, in, entire problem. But uh, it, it may also be that there was a deliberate effort to retain or restrain or destroy even some of the documents that they were going after most directly. The, um, in February, archivist David... Ferriero, he's the head of the National Archives, testified before Congress that his agency began talking with Trump's people right after they left office and that the Trump camp had already returned 15 boxes of documents to the National Archives. Ferriero said that in those materials, the archives discovered Items, quote, marked as classified national security information, unleashing further inquiries as to whether Trump continued to possess classified material, which he certainly was not allowed to do under the law. According to Justice Department sources, the archives saw things differently, believing that the former White House was stonewalling and uh, continued to possess unauthorized material. Earlier this year, that's 2022, of course, they asked the Justice Department to investigate. Okay, so what we now have is a timeline where we are getting to the beginning of 2022. Uh, six months ago, approximately, at that point, there was a... Uh, a request from the National Archives, and I don't think anyone disagrees with this, the National Archives requested that they investigate whether or not President Trump was retaining some documents that were supposed to be returned because they belong to the public and because the Presidential Records Act 
and a revision and a supplement to that bill that had been initiated by President Trump, it was passed under President Trump, signed into law by him in 2018, actually made it a felony, which is how you end up going to jail for three years if you violate the Presidential Records Act. Doesn't mean you must go to jail for three years, but it means that's the maximum sentence. In late April, and this is very recent, the uh, federal grand jury uh, began deliberating whether there was a violation of the Presidential Records Act or whether President Trump unlawfully possessed national security information. Uh, Through the grand jury process, the National Archives provided federal prosecutors with copies of the documents received from former President Trump in January 2022. The grand jury concluded there had been a violation of the law, according to the Justice Department's source. Uh, The key information here which is stunning, is that there was already a grand jury for the purpose of investigating the violation of the Presidential Records Act. In uh, the past week, the prosecutor in the case and local assistant U.S. attorney went to Florida Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt in West Palm Beach to seek approval for the search of Donald Trump's private residence. The affidavit to obtain the search warrant, the intelligence source says, contained abundant and persuasive detail that Trump continued to possess the relevant records in violation of federal law and that investigators had sufficient information to prove that those records were located at Mar-a-Lago, including the detail that they were contained in a specific safe in a specific room. The question then becomes, then why did they have to stay for so many hours, almost 10 hours, at Mar-a-Lago from 9 in the morning until 7 at night, which is when they left? In order for the investigators to convince the Florida judge, that's Judge Reinhardt, the magistrate judge, to approve such an unprecedented raid, the information had to be solid, which the FBI claimed. So says the intelligence source. According to experts familiar with FBI practice, Judge Reinhardt reviewed the prosecutor's evidence and asked numerous questions about the sources and the urgency. The judge signed a search warrant allowing the FBI to look for relevant material, and the FBI then planned the operation. Wanting to conduct the raid while Trump was spending time at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, a Secret Service source who spoke on background said that the Secret Service director was given advance warning and was later told the specifics of the raid. Because the Secret Service is still responsible for protecting the former president, his family, and his property, the FBI had to coordinate with the Secret Service to gain access to the grounds. Then this detail, a convoy of unmarked black SUVs and a rider rental truck. Why do they need a rider rental truck? If they're taking 15 more boxes out, or 12 more boxes, depending on who you believe, filled with about three dozen FBI special agents and technicians entered the gates in the early evening. Heavily armed Secret Service agents were also visibly present at the gates. The Palm Beach Police Department was also present at the scene. Were they 
expecting some kind of shoot 'em up. Speaking of which, we will also get to the very latest, if there is anything, on the Cincinnati shooter and the attack on the FBI. Also, dangers of civil war, real dangers. We'll be right back. show talking about as much as we know and there have been a number of sources I think the most interesting one is the Newsweek source which is allegedly based on senior officials at the Department of Justice uh, all of whom were involved in the uh, ongoing investigation for a grand jury and the reason you have a grand jury is if somebody is suspected of a crime and was the grand jury investigating a potential crime involving the Presidential Records Act, which I know it sounds like a speeding ticket, but you can't go to jail for three years for a speeding ticket. And you can go to jail pretty easily for violation of the Presidential Records Act. And the uh, one of the questions that people ask is that it, again it, according to this allegedly insider account which has already been exposed as wrong in one specific item which we will get to in just a moment but uh they report in newsweek that some 10 to 15 boxes of documents there have also been reports that it was 12 boxes of documents and these are not if you look at these boxes, these are not uh, little boxes you put on a desktop. These are boxes. I mean, uh, they're heavy, uh, filled with documents. There were 10 to 15 boxes that were removed from the premises at Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump, in a statement, said the FBI opened his personal safe as part of their search. Now, how they opened it, uh, there are some reports that uh, the Trump personnel who were present while things were being searched uh, uh, helped get them into the safe. I think if they had blown up the safe or taken some kind of a drill or saw or somehow destroyed it, we would have heard about it. My guess is we would have heard about it, but we will see. Um, Trump attorney Lindsey Halligan, who was present during the multi-hour search, in other words, Trump was represented by an attorney who was there the whole time, says the FBI targeted three rooms. Now, that may sound like a lot, but you're talking about Mar-a-Lago, which is a huge facility. I mean, it's been all over TV now. Of course, people are looking at it. It's one of the largest private homes in the country, at least according to most reports, and but they were limited to three rooms, one bedroom, one office, and a storage room. And the storage room is apparently where they found the pay dirt. That suggests, uh, says Newsweek, that the FBI knew specifically where to look, which is information they would have gotten from their inside source. Uh, the Biden White House says the president was not briefed about the Mar-a-Lago raid and knew nothing about it in advance. 
quote, the Justice Department conducts investigations independently and we leave any law enforcement matters to them. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that yesterday afternoon. It would not be appropriate for us to comment on any ongoing investigations. Now, that's certainly true. There's almost nothing Biden can say about this other than I didn't know about it. I wasn't following it. I didn't authorize it. That's what he said. And that, it turns out, is uh, no one seems to have any basis for contradicting that. If it turns out the president is lying about that or the White House is lying about that, it would be very bad for the Biden administration and it, it would be shameful because they have been so insistent, so consistent on the idea that uh, Joe Biden was busy with other more important things. I don't know, like preventing the world from blowing up, avoiding nuclear war, avoiding an invasion of Taiwan, uh, trying to uh, get the gas prices to continue going down. They're now saying that uh, gas prices are going to go down another 30, 40 cents per gallon. For the first time in a long time, the average price is now gone below $4. And that's a good thing. Um, okay. It's more appropriate that the president pay attention to that than to finding these lost classified papers in Mar-a-Lago. The senior Justice Department source says that Garland was regularly briefed on the Records Act investigation and that he knew about the grand jury and what material federal prosecutors were seeking. He insists, though, this is the source, that Garland had no prior knowledge of the date and time of the specific raid, nor was he asked to approve it. I know it's hard for people to believe, the source said, uh, but uh, this was a matter for the U.S. attorney and the FBI. Okay, that's the item of the Newsweek article that's wrong because either Newsweek is wrong or Merrick Garland is lying directly and flagrantly, which I think is very unlikely in this situation. He just said in his press conference, and we'll listen to that in its, uh, some, some, some more of it that we may have missed, but uh, in his press conference, the attorney general said, no, I personally approved this raid. The FBI director, Christopher Wray, ultimately gave his go-ahead to conduct the raid. The senior justice official says it really is a case of the Bureau uh, misreading the impact. And by the Bureau, they mean the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And uh, misreading the impact, how? Getting this in incredibly negative reaction that has come across. And, and again, why did they have to do it now? The, the most coherent explanation I've heard is that there is a, a regulation now that the FBI, because of what happened in the election of 2016, remember a lot of people believe that that election was swayed in President Trump's direction that he benefited from the fact that uh, in October, uh, just a few days before the election, there was an announcement that the FBI was renewing its investigation of Hillary's emails. Why? Because somehow 
some of those emails had found their way onto Anthony Weiner's um, uh, feed, his uh, his collection of emails. It was on his um, device, and um, which is in, and having anything to do with Anthony Weiner is bad enough. But Anthony Weiner was the husband who shared a device with Hillary's top aide. They are now divorced. Huma Abedin, I mean Huma Abedin and uh, Anthony Weiner. And because of that, the uh, FBI felt they had to renew the investigation of Hillary. It turned out they didn't find anything on those new emails they found with Anthony Weiner. However, the announcement by James Comey, the public announcement, which he was obliged to do, uh, had a real impact on the campaign. Because, again, part of the entire attack on Hillary Clinton which was very effective by Donald Trump and by Republicans for years, was she was so much a creature of Washington, D.C., and she was involved in corruption and wrongdoing and prevarication. Okay, speaking about prevarication, lies, what exactly is the purpose of uh, taking the Fifth Amendment 440 times? And apparently it was really boring um, that uh, when he would be asked a question, sometimes long questions, uh, he, he, President Trump would just respond, same answer. I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. Uh, and uh, there is uh, some commentary on that by Alan Dershowitz, who has been one of the president's most stalwart defenders in his impeachment proceedings. That is not this, what the president's being investigated about in New York. And that is one of the the depressing things that we're coming into is that <laughs> this election season, like it or not, is going to be characterized by a lot of legal actions, investigations, charges and counter charges going on both sides. And really, the American people deserve something better, which is why I am hoping that people will be running for president and will be nominated for president who aren't named Biden and who aren't named Trump. Um, the law right now, the rule right now, is that to avoid a Hillary Clinton repeat, the FBI is not supposed to make any major disclosures or any adverse political consequences action within 90 days of an election. They, they had basically scheduled this search, the raid, 92 days before the election, so they were getting it in just in time. Well, guess what? It didn't work. There is still an impact, and what that impact is, we'll talk about in this greatest nation on God's green earth.